Hey everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Theatre Podcast, this is Josh. I'm Eric. And we are going to be chatting about stuff from June 1st through the 7th, 2018. Thought Andrew was going to be here too. Yeah. But he pulled, he pulled a diva move and yeah. doing his job. He kind of <laughs> is here, technically, uh, and I'm like hoping maybe he'll pop in at in opportune moments and just be like, ah, the butter is everywhere or something. I don't know why he's in the butter. Instead of him sitting in with us, he's actually helping customers and going to the bank and yeah doing what he should be doing it's enjoying the day but not really because he's going to the bank for it's work very, <laughs> very disappointing i thought yeah. i thought better of him so yeah so it's the two of us here today i haven't been around the mayfair for the better part of a month yeah i was gonna say how was your trip how were your trips i guess it was so in the past few weeks i in the month of may went to montreal for a little bit to visit some friends for a baby party for an upcoming baby arrival then it was ottawa comic-con and i was busy there kind of i didn't have a table but it was right before the new issue of zomkies came out so mm -hmm. i was there kind of schmoozing a bit and i hosted a couple of panels and that was fun and setting up buzz for the upcoming issue yeah. you're like everybody's talking about zomkies yeah anybody yeah. mention zomkies over yeah. here yeah he's like doing that over people's shoulders <laughs> that would be amazing at a panel for some walking dead thing <laughs> yeah. and being like i like zomkies too yeah. Yeah. do you have a question for michael madsen yeah <laughs> like, what did you think of zomkies issue two i should totally do that go to like crash a matt smith panel or like a doug jones panel <laughs> and just be like Mr. Jones, what did you think of the locally produced comic Zomkies? Yeah. And you just be confused. You have, I have a quote from you here saying Zomkies 1 was better than 2. Now, now do you really believe that? It's like, what, what's a Zomkie? I've wanted to do for a long time is, when I was a kid, I remember a couple times, and like before comics were, you know, cool again, every once in a while there'd be something in the letter pages, and it would be, I remember like Brooke Shields. It would be like Brooke Shields reading a Superman comic. Man. Or somebody, one of the actors on Predator, I remember for some reason. And it would just be somebody had taken a picture, set it into the letter page. But I remember that. And I always want to get, when I'm at a convention, if like Will Wheaton walks by, I'd be like, Will, can you just hold this for yeah. like 30 seconds, please? It's, I won't take a picture, I promise. I yeah. just need you to hold my stuff, is what this is. And then you just pretend to say something nice about it. That'd be cool, too. Man, that'd actually be great if you could like... Even not, I mean, I guess tricking people is fun, but like yeah. even not tricking would be nice as well. But, uh, you know, it's a process. I was sitting with a friend at the Auto Comic Con, and I think I'm on record numerous times of saying I don't like Zack Snyder's various <laughs> superhero movies. Things have been said. <laughs> Things have been said. <laughs> and what's his name walked by? Aquaman walked by. Oh man, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. I think is how it's pronounced. He's, I always thought it was Momoa, but... He's 13 feet tall, and... <laughs> But he really, in that in that little 30 seconds that he walked by, he really won me over because he was just saying hi to people and walking around, you he know? He looks cool also, let's be honest. Yeah, he looks like Lobo, the yeah. greatest miscasting in DC Comics history. Yeah. Is that The guy who looks exactly like Lobo just got cast as Aquaman. There's still time, though. He could yeah. maybe, like, jump roles, like, uh, you know, I mean, they've done that with a few people now. Where you can Josh just, Brolin in. Yeah, that's what I was going to I was, I was like, Josh Brolin and uh, also, like, like Perry White uh, is now in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Anything can happen. But he walked by, and, you know, little, <laughs> little kids are dumb. And I remember being a little kid <laughs> and really liking some things. And you see it when you're a grown-up, and yeah. you're like... That wasn't good at well, all. Mr. Boogity is that for me, as a side note. Uh, scariest Disney movie I've ever seen until I saw it again. I was like, wow, Wait this a minute. sucks. Well, I remember this might be travesty, and I mean it no ill will, because it's something I still love. <laughs> Here we go. But when I was a kid, I thought Tron was the greatest thing ever made. Yeah. Then you see Tron when you're like 30, and you're like, 
oh, this uh, has some holes in it. <laughs> you know? That's perfect. So Aquaman walked by, Jason Momoa walked by a group of three or four, like, real little kids. Kids so little that I was like, I think you're too young to see Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> yeah. But he walked by this little kid, and like out of a baseball ad for Coke or something, he walked by, and the kid went... Aquaman <laughs> and Jason Momoa looked down at him and said like hey there little buddy and gave him like a low high five Yeah. and the kid was so excited he was jumping up and down like about to explode and then he's like have a good day buddy and walked away and I was like that's cool Man. that kid's gonna remember that for the rest of his life. Oh, I was hoping you'd say he like threw water in the threw kid's water, face or yeah. something and he's just like playing up the character it's just not, not mean. Like that would have been like I mean, you know, that would have been like me bumping into Harrison Ford when I was five or something, or or bumping into, you know, Michael Keaton when I was young. Like, like, so seeing that joy and wonder didn't make me like Justice League anymore, Mm. but did make me go, that's cool that that little nerd had that moment. And it's weird to think that it's already at that point before Aquaman's even out. Yeah. Which I fully expect to be possibly the best DC movie of this run. I am am hesitantly optimistic (laughs) because I really like the director. Mm -hmm. And I always try to avoid too many, you know, trailers or spoiler-filled interviews. Yeah. But over and over again, he's basically been coming out and being like, it's a fun movie with a lot of sea monsters in it. And we're just going to have fun, fun, fun. And he's really trying to basically say, like, we're not Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah, you know? we're not dark. We're not, like, you know, it's pitch black constantly, it feels yeah. like, you know. I saw someone recently, and they said, it was on a podcast, and they said the difference between DC and Marvel is Marvel characters in the movies are at least having fun and have a family. Yeah. And there's still tragedy and there's still conflict, but... Peter Parker's having fun. Tony Stark's having fun. Mm-hmm. They do things like go to a party or go to their aunt's house for dinner. You know, yeah. they're doing things. Whereas in DC, seemingly all it is is people being afraid of Superman yeah. and him not liking his job very much. Yeah. It's a very different... And it's weird because like these friendly characters like Superman have come off as... And I, and I love in Justice League how there's been this weird time jump where evidently... Everyone likes Superman all of a sudden. Yeah, I thought he was like the evil alien that, or he is and he's not. Sometimes Who, like, killed seven thousand people. Yeah, by <laughs> like, convenience, he's cool now. Like, yeah, or I guess it's just like you're only you're only as good as like your last thing. So it's like, Strange. oh, if you can save us now, then maybe we'll forget about all those people you accidentally killed. Like, I don't know. I didn't but, see Justice League. I gotta be honest. Oh, oh yeah, you're, yeah, you're lucky. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how to feel about that. Like, because just looked like. I was just like, I, don't, I just don't care. Like, I want to no. care so bad, but I, I really don't. Like I've said this before, but if you could go back to 10-year-old me and say, or 12-year-old me, and say, you're going to be really excited about Ant-Man and Wasp. You're going to be really excited about Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You're going to be really excited about all these other characters who you like, but don't really, aren't your favorite. Yeah. But a Justice League movie is going to come out, and you're going to be completely neutral. You're just going to be like, "Eh, I don't care. I'd be like, you're crazy, old man. Yeah, (laughs) especially even if you could tell yourself that there's going to be a Deadpool movie full of swears and violence, like yeah, you'll you're not technically allowed to even go to. Yeah, like that's I'm still shocked that they did that, and and that I. I mean, I'm not shocked it succeeded because I think it was good, sort of like anti-programming towards the the PG-13 stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm surprised that they actually were like, okay, fine, do it. Like we know you really want to, Ryan. You know, like. And now, how it? I mean, I think Logan had a lot to thank for Deadpool. Mm-hmm. If Deadpool had flopped, I don't think Logan might have happened as it was, even though they're very different films. Right. 
But also, even movies like Mad Max Fury Road, mm -hmm. which I can't remember if it was R-rated in Canada, but it was R-rated in the yeah, States anyhow. So it keeps happening like that, where people are proven wrong, where mm -hmm. they're like, they thought horror movies had to be like cut down to PG-14. Yeah. And now they're like, oh wait, all these Blumhouse movies keep on making $100 million off yeah. of a $4 budget. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's... Uh, yeah. No, it's weird. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm cautiously optimistic because, I mean, th there is going to be a few R-rated bombs and then we're going to have to like, oh, well, it doesn't work. People don't want that anymore, you know? And it's like... Yeah. It's, it's such a, you know, back and forth that you have to deal with. Well, even now, like, so I am... Don't tell the Mayfair, but I'm going to see Han Solo tonight. Well, I went last night. Don't tell the Mayfair. Don't, don't tell me spoilers. <laughs> you know, it's not a flop, but it's like the lowest box office for a Star Wars movie yet. Yeah, they, they said like it was like a paltry $114 million yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and so it could have legs, which is unlikely nowadays. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't have legs, it's going to make a couple hundred million dollars and be fine. And it's yeah. not the end of the world. But I think it's because we have too many movies. Like, it's... People still haven't seen Deadpool and Avengers. Yeah. And then Han Solo comes out. And you look at the box office take. And in like North America, Han Solo was like 85 million or something. Mm -hmm. And then Deadpool was like 45 million. And yeah. Avengers was like 20 million. Yeah. And a few years back, that would have been 130 million and 10 and 5. Or whatever mm -hmm. the math is. So it's... I'm curious what that'll do. People will look at that and be like, yeah, maybe we'll calm down just a little bit. Yeah. Like... Well, even like adjusting by inflation, it's still like oh, yeah. not that bad. I mean, it's it's so funny that we're at that point now where like more or less a hundred million opening is not that great. Oh yeah, and it's I almost think if they would have just left it alone and had it be released at Christmas time, mm -hmm. there would have been a bit less competition and it'd be a yeah. whole different thing right now. But it's not gonna be. It's like you know people forget that Batman Returns kind of underperformed. And that didn't stop them from making Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Maybe it should have. But. Yeah, but, and, and even Star Trek V, I think, was a pretty giant flop. Yeah. And then Star Trek VI came out and did well and everyone liked it. So, so it's going to be fine. Which is the one with the whales? Is that four? No, that's four. Okay. Four did really well. Yeah. Five didn't do well. Then six did well again. <laughs> so weird. It's hard to go back. I was, my wife the other day was like, because we were talking about the Star Trek movies, and I, I haven't seen, I actually don't think I've seen any of the three newer ones, which people... Oh, I, I mean, like those. Yeah, people kind of rave about the first one, kind of are eh, about the second one, and then the third one apparently was pretty good. Yeah. But it's just, it's I just haven't kind of gotten to it. There's just so much content. And my wife was oh, like, yeah. how, how many Star Trek movies are there even? Like like seven or something? And I was like, oh boy. And I'm just yeah. like trying to think back. And I was like, first contact was seven. And there's at least three more after that. It works well with the JJ reboot, which isn't a reboot. His was 11. Okay. So now what people call part three is actually 13. All right. So that kind of works out well in my little <laughs> nerd brain. That was where... close. That's how I remember. And they call it a reboot. But I'm like, no, because... Spoiler. Old school Spock was in it, guess, you know. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler it gets, alert. It gets so confusing. I never, I never saw Generations. Uh, I've, I've seen most of the original ones, but like yeah. they're just, I don't know. Like First Contact, I really liked. Yeah, First Contact was really good. Insurrection, I thought was kind of like, yeah, like some fun stuff, and they were clearly having a great time. But it's, yeah, it's pretty light, you know. Yeah, the last two Next Generation movies I didn't care for. Yeah, and at the same time, Star Trek. Enterprise was on, I think, or right around there. So for me, it was a real dark time for Star Trek. It was, I didn't like anything going on at the yeah. time. And they never did do, like, they were talking about a Starfleet Academy thing. Did they ever do that? Like a show? No, I think I think it went away from TV for a long time, and then yeah. now it's just successfully returned. 
Yeah. And now they're talking about two different Star Trek movies. One mm. with kind of the JJ-verse. Yeah. And then this mysterious Quentin Tarantino movie, which... I... I saw a panel at Ottawa Comic Con with the great Carl Urban. Oh, man. And he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So if Carl Urban hasn't been updated yet, that means that wheels are still in motion. Yeah. We you still know? want Dread Part 2... You know, yeah. which I get. Well, I mean, they're doing a show now, apparently, but they're just, they're, I don't know what to think about that. They're being very coy about bringing Urban back, where they're like, oh, oh yeah. you know, anything could happen. And it's like, so that means no. no like, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up, I know what it's like when yeah. parents say maybe. <laughs> it's just like, it, it's, it's so funny because, like, that's, speaking of R rated movies, they yeah. just go for it. Like, Dread was fantastic. Like, yeah. for, for that kind of movie, it's not for everyone, but. Well, and, and compare Stallone to Carl Urban. Stallone is the more logical casting choice. Mm -hmm. And Carl Urban is so much better. Yeah. And you see Carl Urban, and he's... You don't think it, because he's kind of this cool, handsome New Zealand guy. But he's a real good character actor. Mm -hmm. And Bones in Star Trek is very different than Judge Dredd. Yeah. Is very different than his Bourne character or... You know, Lord of the Rings. Like yeah. he's just—he's so Jeez. diverse. You kind of forget all the stuff he's in too. You forget like, what his accent is, <laughs> and you hear him talking. You're like, "Oh, you're a New Zealand guy." Like, who is he again? It's like, "Oh, Dread, right?" And he has yeah. the helmet on the whole movie, so it's like, I wouldn't even. Can you put like a hand over your top of your face? So, oh, it's him. It's right? him. Yeah. The, the urban guy. Yes. And if this Quentin Tarantino thing goes through, it's—I don't know—it's fascinating on so many levels because will it be like pop culture filled? Will it be R rated? Will yeah. it be blood and guts? It's. I just, you think it would have to have an edge to it of some kind. Yeah. But I... I or like, will Quentin be respectful and be like, it'll have my thumbprint but still be a cool PG movie? Yeah. That my, my thought is it's going to it's gonna reference the past movies but not so much pop culture in general. Like, yeah. That would be my hope. And I, and I don't... Like, I, I really don't think it's going to happen just because it's like so much has to go right. Like, yeah. I would love for it to happen. That would be amazing. But... You know, same with even a Star Wars by him. Like, I mean, what even would that be? Well, years ago, and I don't know how close this got to being reality, but years ago, Piers Bronson wanted to do, wanted to send off his James Bond with an old school, simple James Bond. Mm. And not that there's any real continuity to James Bond, <laughs> but I think it would have been just a guy in a fedora with a gun and no... No outer space, no invisible yeah. cars. No real gadgets, per yeah. se. Like that really and he couple. wanted Quentin Tarantino to direct it, and I, but I don't know where that went, and then instead, that didn't happen. And <laughs> like, we'll think about it, we'll yeah. think about it, you're fired. You're fired, we're getting Daniel Craig. How dare you question us? <laughs> that would actually be amazing. It was just like, I, I've got an idea for a movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know why he turns into Ringo Starr <laughs> in my version, but all of my accents are Kermit or Ringo Starr. Liverpoolian. Yeah, it's like, whoa, it's me, Carl Urban. <laughs> And I feel bad because Pierce Bronson, on paper, is a good James Bond. Yeah. And I liked Goldeneye, but then the, his other three films are a complete blur. And like, it, I couldn't tell you who the song was or the, no. the girl was. And Garbage did one of them. There's good songs. I liked Garbage. Yeah. And Madonna did, did a terrible one. Die Another Day. Which was, was just terrible, like, terrible. Die Another Day. You get to die. And I'm like, what's happening? I think it's like without argument the worst James Bond song <laughs> there's some there's some clunkers too that's yeah. so funny like I remember Tomorrow Never Dies is not good but I really liked it as like a teenager you know yeah, like yeah. just as a like you know it's always moving and you know Michelle Yeoh I was in it I think yeah. and like and the bad guy's basically Bill Gates for some reason and like it was preposterous, but, like, it was silly fun. And and then after that, it was, like, I think Die Another Day was the follow-up to that. I, I can't remember. And it I was think just so, yeah. So dumb. Like, just aggressively dumb. 
And yeah. you're just like, what? The problem, and then one of them had the suspension of disbelief of Denise Richards <laughs> being a scientist. I hoped you were going there. <laughs> yeah. her, her name was Christmas. Christmas. Uh, Jones? Yeah, I believe it. Um, is that even sexual right. innuendo? I don't know what that it, is. Well, they, you know, they did the, you know, the Christmas comes once it, more than uh, once a yes. year bit at the How end. Dare they. That was like the time, and you're just like, oh. and you're like, Ooh. did you do this just to set up this final punchline? It's like a Kingsman esque punchline, you know? And like, and that's the problem is is this franchise is kind of forgotten about a bit, but when Austin Powers came out, and especially when Austin Powers Two came out, we were in an era where. The spoof was cooler than the thing that it's spoofing. Yeah. And Austin Powers had better songs, cooler girls, mm-hmm. even maybe like more fun stuff of, of like action and stuff like that, even. Yeah. And it was a weird anomaly where Heather Graham is a cooler Bond girl yeah. than Denise Richards, <laughs> and Beyonce is a cooler Bond girl. Than arguably anyone, Halle in some Berry, ways, but you know, like so <laughs> yeah. it was weird. That was yeah, that that was amazing, and uh, and the comedy was better in the Austin Powers series. Yes. which was weird. I don't <laughs> know, really uh, odd that they pulled that off, but and they're talking about rebooting that as or, or not rebooting, I guess, but, but yeah, coming back to. I wonder it. if they will. I, I I'm torn because it's like on the one hand I'm like wow that's gonna be terrible because Mike Myers seems kind of like happily semi-retired. Yeah, where he just kind of does. He'll direct a documentary or do a little cameo somewhere, yeah. but he hasn't done... What was it, like, The He's, Love Guru? Was oh, that his last, oh, like, oh, full-blown movie? Yeah, well, the, like, Leading Man, maybe. Yeah. Because, like, he's, he's definitely... He's in the new Queen biopic. Uh, yeah. But beyond that, like, it's just... And he was in Glorious Bastards yeah, for two seconds. Yeah, that's what it was. I was like, oh, my God. I, I'm like, what? what and even? now he's doing the, the gong show. Is, yeah. that, is that still happening? I don't know if it's still on, but I remember it was recently where it was, like, him in character... <laughs> And they tried to deny it for the longest yeah. time, and then months later, they're like, wait, it was Mike Myers. Like, oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Like, it's to the surprise of no one. Yeah, I like Mike Myers, but he, he's had a weird career, because it was like three Austin Powers, two Wayne's World, four Shreks. Yeah. And anything he kind of did off of that path didn't really fly. Like, yeah. Sawyer Married an Axe Murderer, which I liked, but was kind of a flop. And at least that was like pre-most of his big hits, so it's like, yeah. you can be like, okay, well, he's getting his footing or whatever. But and then like, I'm sure everyone thought Love Guru was going to be the new Austin Powers, and <laughs> oh, that didn't God. work so well. That is just... I've, I've never seen it. Neither have I, i got to be honest. I just, some things I'm better off not seeing. Like, you get the idea when you see the trailer, and it's like, not true for everything, but certain things I'm like, I don't think I can do 90 minutes of that. I remember there was something like coke ads or hostess chip ads or something around with him doing them and i saw them on a big screen ad or something like that and it was just just 30 seconds of it <laughs> was like oh no i yeah. can't watch 90 minutes of him doing this no there were time and then like i think he's at a leafs game during i think the the, the maple leafs are like a big part of the movie i think so yeah and and that's just even weirder sort like i mean it makes sense because of his background and who he is but it's just like to be releasing this as an international, like, big potential hit, and you're, like, it's around this Canadian hockey team, and I'm just like, what a divisive, like, it it reminds me of, like, Soul Man, or whatever the one with uh, Eddie Murphy was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he was, like, basically the love guru, but not not that, like, shocking. I mean, uh, maybe, I'm I'm down for a Dr. Evil movie. I'll watch it. So get ready for the Mike Myers Film Fest next to the Fair. We really like lowered the expectation for this. I'm yeah. like, we're getting so many Axe Murder and yeah. uh, every other movie you forgot he was in. Okay, let's 
talk about... Good preamble. How long was that intro? That was like 20 minutes. Nice. That's a new we, record. We could have kept going, but I'm like, I, I got to go see Han Solo yeah. tonight. Not at the Mayfair. Don't yeah. tell the Mayfair. Andrew wasn't here to stop us and put us in line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so June 1st to 7th. I'll probably get this podcast up on June 1st. Huge. We have... A really good week this week. A nice diversity of offerings. Like, really good. So I'll just start at the top of our little flyer page. The Seagull for our highbrow offering this yeah. week. Based on the checkoff play with a crazy all-star cast, including Saoirse Ronan, who mm. I've learned to pronounce her name right. <laughs> yes, you nailed it. Annette Benning, Elizabeth Moss, Corey Stoll, and Brian Dennehy. Oh, man, Brian Dennehy. Nice. Yeah. The, That's like his deep cut. The great, not late Brian Dennehy. Yeah, he's still around. Yeah, I, I think I did think he was dead, but I'm glad he's not. And Saoirse Ronan is in another movie that is coming up to the Mayfair soon, too, as well. Do you remember is, the name? No. On something sure. Yeah, it's just, she's like, if we joke about Meryl Streep being gold for like our yeah. like our senior crowd, she's our new like young highbrow gold. Yeah. Because like Brooklyn and Lady Bird. Yeah, so, she's our female Timothy Chalamet. And she's like 22 years old or whatever and has three Oscar nominations already. Jeez. It's crazy. We only have two. I don't get... Yeah. <laughs> robbed. So yeah, so The Seagull's coming up almost for a full week starting on June 1st. Then we have Tully, which I'm really looking forward to. It reunites the writer and director of Juno. Cody? The Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman. Nice. And yes. Juno is one of those almost Canadian but doesn't count as a Canadian Canadian yeah. movies but we be- pretend it sort of is because it's like starring two Canadians mm-hmm. directed by a Canadian produced by that Canadian's dad who's Ivan Reitman who's sort of so he's like half Canadian sort of yeah I'm getting then I, that. I, it was shot in Canada Canadian crew but it doesn't count as a Canadian film for some reason and but Michael Sarah's Michael Sarah, yeah, yeah. So he's so Canadian like, from so, Oakville I believe so Tully is yeah, Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman reuniting, and it stars Oscar winner Charlize Theron, and it looks like a a funny, dramatic comedy about the horrors of parenthood. Yeah. And and many of my friends with kids want to come see this because they look it, they identify with... You know, I think back in the day, people lied about having kids. Yeah. Speaking of someone who doesn't have a kid, but, you know, back in the day, they're like, oh, it's great, it's fine, whatever. Nowadays, I think people are being more honest, and yeah. they're like, oh, it's horrible, I haven't slept in a month, and the kid's yeah. yelling all the time, and they're really expensive. and It's too much. I, I, I like having nieces and nephews, which we've discussed before, yes, because yes. it's like, I really feel like I want a kid, and, and then I'm around people's kids, and I'm like, oh man, it's cool to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go visit one of my new fake nieces tomorrow night, and it's like, I get to go in, drop off a couple nerd toys... You know, shake the baby, say hello, mm-hmm. and then be like, okay, bye. Yeah, look <laughs> like a hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest thing. So, yeah, so Batelli looks really good. Charlize Theron is, of course, on a roll. Oh, yeah, she's gold. Man, like, wh- whether it's her taking a paycheck, which there's nothing wrong with, and doing a Fast and Furious movie, mm-hmm. or doing Mad Max, which she stole the show, oh, yeah. or doing a small movie like Tully, I can't think of the last time she stumbled. Like, no. she, she's on quite the roll. And even, like, when she did Atomic Blonde. Which wasn't an enormous hit, but must have been a hit enough, because I hear they're doing a sequel. Ah. So, but uh, yeah, I like her a lot. People love these, like, you know, man or woman on revenge quests. Yeah. Sort of lowish budget, shoot 'em up stuff. I love, yeah, I love assassin movies and revenge movies like that. John Wick 3, I think they're doing right now. But anyhow, yeah. But yeah, so Tully is coming up again, almost for a full week, six shows in the week. Then we have Ready Player One. 
Which I'm Huge. so glad we got. What a big get. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I was just, that's one of those things where I'm like, usually, like, because we don't even really know what we're going to no. get. And it's like refreshing the page on the website. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. d- I'm like I-, I rub both my eyes like a cartoon cat. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Ready Player One, because it's like, you know, like we've discussed before, you know, it wasn't a, a massive hit that people thought it might be, but it was like a lot of people were interested. And oh, I, yeah. I think it'll do, I mean, I hope it'll do well here. And I didn't <laughs> go see it at the Evo Multiplex. Well, it's, it was mostly 3D, too. And I'm just I, like, I'm yeah. not going to be forced into watching that. And it, it's like, I think it's like two and a half hours. So I mean, yeah. Which is not your favorite, but when it's Spielberg playing in an 80s toy box. Yeah, and I'm torn because... Like, the way everyone is about this movie is, I love the 80s. Yeah. And especially, like, I don't know if, like, it's my most nostalgia right now. Like, I love Stranger Things, and I'm listening to 80s music, and mm-hmm. I'm playing 80s video games. So part of me with a movie like this is always, like, tell something new. But then part of me just looks at it and goes, oh my god, it's the Iron Giant yeah. and the DeLorean. I'm in. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, Freddy's so, in there, too. And yeah. you got a little bit of everything. Yeah, so, and, and I, it's Spielberg being Spielberg for the first time in a long time. Like, mm-hmm. Time has kind of flown by, but his last few years have been Lincoln, Warhorse. It's and you said BFG was BFG pretty. was oh, it was terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. And that was him trying to be Spielberg again. Yeah, didn't work. Forced Spielberg. Was it Minority Report? Like it's been a Man, while since he did like a I really like that big though. epic sci-fi. But that was like yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, that was two thousand two, I think. Oh my god, it was like so, fifteen years ago. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, maybe it was a little later. I don't know. I, that that date sticks in my head, but I mean. <laughs> When was Close Encounters? That was five or six years oh, ago, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Ready Player One, which, on top of being high interest for nerds, we have House of Targ across the street. And if you don't go to House of Targ before coming to see Ready Player One and play a little bit of Joust and Dig Dug yeah. and then come over, you're doing it wrong. And you can probably go back after, too. Yeah, that's you're... the way to do it. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do on Friday night. I'm going to go to Targ, eat some pierogies, play some 80s video games, then come over here and watch Ready Player One. Only 80s. That's it, like, yeah. I'm avoiding the other ones. Anything past that, it's not right. Yeah. And Friday's actually my wedding anniversary, so I'm bringing my wife to see Ready Player One. That's the perfect wedding gift. I know. And, well, and she's read the book, and we kind of wanted to see it, but didn't want to go to Cineplex and all this stuff. So it's like, Ooh. that's what's even weirder. It's the first night, and I, and I secretly, I would never ask you guys to like program something fun just for my yeah, anniversary. Yeah, yeah. but It worked out. Yeah, I was like, holy, Lee knew, and he did this. So what are the odds? Yay. So that's our three newer films. Then we have three fun retro things going on. Different shades of fun. Di- and, co- <laughs> and completely different kind of stuff. So on the fundraiser side of things, we have a rental, and they're doing a fundraiser for Roger Nielsen's House, which is a local group that does all kinds of good deeds for sick kids. So that's Saturday at 1, E.T. Directed by some guy you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, so if you want, you can come see E.T., do a good deed, help a fundraiser, and then... Come see Ready Player One, so you can see like the classic and yeah. the new. And then and you'd be like, "Man, this wasn't as good as ET. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have done this reverse." Yeah, ET. I was probably too young to see it in theaters, but I was like six or seven, and I loved it. But I remember just being like, "It's emotional for a kid," oh, you know. Yeah. And with a kid, it's kind of scary too. Oh that. yeah, and it, but it, it was also that first generation of kids' movies being a little bit more edgy mm-hmm. because a kid movie in the seventies was some like kind of live action Herbie and the Love Bug oh, movie God. you know Return to Witch Mountain yeah <laughs> and then all of a sudden in the 80s you got movies with kids who are swearing yeah. and who like girls and who are you know fighting with their their siblings yeah. that begot 
you know, Gremlins and Goonies and Monster Squad. Yeah. And even, like, Corey Feldman in a Friday the 13th movie. I think all that kind of came, <laughs> oh, man. I think, from E.T., from being that first of, like, oh, yeah, we'll let kids act like kids. Yeah. Yeah, some classic insults in there, for sure. Yeah. And it was released the same year I was, so I always had there kind you go. of, like, that's how I remember yeah, when yeah, it came yeah. out. A classic Spielberg film. And then a classic Scorsese film. We're doing a month-long Scorsese De Niro Film Fest for films featuring one of the greatest collaborations in cinema. Yeah. And we kick things off with Taxi Driver. All these films are kind of a thing you point to to go, the Academy Awards don't get it right a lot of the times, depending on your opinion. Yeah. Because we're screening Taxi Driver, Cape Fear, Casino, and Goodfellas. I hadn't even thought of the De Niro. I didn't, yeah, like, I didn't realize he was in all four of those. Yeah. First. And Clever. Of those four films, they have one Oscar win, Oof. and it's for Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Oh, man. So those four films only have one Oscar win, and Goodfellas got beat by Dances with Wolves. And I think history will look mm. back on that and be like, well, that was the wrong movie. Oh, man, and he got two Oscars for that, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which, you know, not. A, I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time. I remember thinking it was great at, yeah. at, around, you know, at the time. I was probably too young to be watching that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, that may be one of those awkward, like, oh, you know, cool. It's Kevin Costner being, like, the great white hero. And... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, history, I think, will look at Goodfellas as, like, maybe the best movie of the 90s, not just one of them. Yeah. But it didn't win Best Picture. So I always kind of point that out of, like, film critiques and award wins are mm. still subjective at the best of times. Because yeah. I'm sure there's somebody else out there who would argue with me and go, nope, Dancing with Wolves was the best. That's why, you know, you can't trust awards or critiques yeah. sometimes well, give him one give him like because he went for screenplay too I think or, or I don't know what the second one was directing and screenplay I think it was like give him one give Goodfellas the other one like come yeah. on yeah, he yeah. hates Star Wars and uh, Lucas not winning in 77 but that's a whole other that's a whole other thing a Spielberg a Scorsese and then uh, one of the cornerstone black exploitation films with a title so big I want it all on the marquee. <laughs> Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. With, uh, you didn't do enough S's. Yeah, it's like five S's. <laughs> so this is the 4K restoration. Classic Melvin Van Peebles film. He stars in it, directing and writing it. I assume he produced it as well. He did everything. Yeah. It, like, th these old black exploitation films, they're just... It's funny because one of the actors... Who was it? One of them came out and was like, I didn't feel exploited. It was great. I was a hero in these movies and all my friends were working and yeah. it was fine, you know? And so he was kind of joking about the term exploitation for these, this genre. You know, this is a movie that if you have, even if you've seen it, seeing it on the big screen is going to be a completely different experience. Yeah. These films are the, our time travel here. That's what I feel like you go in and yeah. you feel like it's 1971 and you're in this old cinema that was around back then. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love the kind of things. Yeah, it may well have played here in the past. I mean... Probably, yeah. Like, who knows? Like, it's so... I wish it was easier to find information like this. I wish we had, like, just a giant stack of newspapers. Yeah. I've looked it up before, and I'm sure I could go to, like, the library and look at, like... like mic mi yeah, microfiche yeah. app or something, yeah. But you think everybody would have, like, scanned it by now. Because you type in, like... Movie ads, Ottawa Citizen, 1971. Yeah. You don't really get anything. Which, and I believe you've done that search many I times. I have, I have, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of too bad. It would be nice if someone had, like, a, a better database for that, but I feel like that's the kind of thing you or I would have had to do, and it's like, ah, oh, it's a that's lot a, of work. It's, 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 yeah, it always comes down to, oh, that's a lot of work. do that. But yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. And then we have, coming up soon, a movie called Ganja and Hess, which I'm completely oh. unfamiliar with, but it stars the actor from... Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dwayne Jones? Dwayne Jones. Yeah. 
And he wasn't in many films. No, that's why I was surprised to see his name. And I was like, what? Like, it's just it's just one of those people you don't really expect to see. As opposed to, like, a Tony Todd or whatever. I think it was both because he worked on stage a lot. Mm -hmm. And sadly, he died kind of young. So he only did, like, five or six movies, I think. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then we have a new Canadian film, just by happenstance, called Black Cop. Which oh, looks yeah. like kind of a modern black exploitation film. Directed by uh, Corey from My Trailer Park Boys, I'm pretty sure. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, weird time. Like, that's. I can't remember how. Because uh, uh, a guy I know, uh, I think, interviewed him about it. And oh, I was sort neat. of like, yeah, I think Corey Bowles, he might have written it as well. Like, maybe. I think yeah. This is kind of his big thing. And it's so weird. Obviously, they're distancing it from that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but that's pretty amazing like to, to get that kind of to, that opportunity from a, from a Canadian show onto this yeah so we almost have like a little black exploitation fest going this month as well yeah. that's interesting that it's a trailer park boys guy because that's almost akin to uh, what's his name directing uh, the quiet horror movie oh yeah yeah, yeah. and Jordan yeah. Peele doing <laughs> Get Out where it's like two people with comedy backgrounds who they didn't put like from the guy in the office yeah, yeah. on the posters for the quiet film. Oh, man. People figured that out pretty quickly, though, watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's quiet, too. You can really hear the people yeah. being like, it's Jim. What, it's what the guy from the office. I can't believe it. He's not funny in this. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of movies like, now. Almost all of this. Yeah, I want to see. I'm working on Saturday, so I'm not going to get to watch E.T., but, um, mm. but especially the three new films, I want to see all those, so I'm glad to be not traveling this month so I'll yeah. get to get some more movie watching in and it is cool that we got Taxi Driver following up but you were never really here which was heavily influenced by Taxi Driver yeah 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 so it's funny how that stuff works out all genius programming yeah yeah no coincidences by all of this so I'm gonna wrap this up because I gotta go home and walk the dog and then it's fair go see Han Solo don't yeah, tell yeah. the Mayfair no, go to see Han Solo gonna, I'm gonna blow all the good parts uh, right after this yeah so I'll tell you about spoiler filled <laughs> it's good so, uh, as we mentioned, go visit our friend's House of Targ, especially if you're coming to see Ready Player One. That's kind of a perfect little double mm. bill. Go eat some pierogies and play some video games, then come watch Ready Player One. If you're listening to this right away, I will be at House of Targ on June 3rd from 5 to 8 p.m. to do a little comic book party. Yeah. And that'll be right before free play. So you can come, buy a comic book, eat some pierogies, and then stick around for free play if you want. So that'll be cool. So good. I'll be working across the street. You don't have to come and see me, but like yeah. you could buy popcorn and then <laughs> yeah. see Josh. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you can do both. Do what you gotta do. You, you could come buy my comic and then come watch Ready Player One mm-hmm. and then go back and play free play yeah. until 2 in the morning. And then tell Josh about Ready Player One. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be so fun. You can find us on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Keep an eye out. We've got a whole bunch of more cool movie announcements coming soon. And the 3D Fest, too. 3D never, Fest. Never forget that. 15th to 6th, 17th. Oh, God. Yeah. I almost ruined it. Messed it up. Yeah, but come. Uh, okay, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you soon at the Mayfair. Bye. Bye-bye. We did it. Nice. Nailed it. Best podcast ever. And we that, didn't need Andrew. And Andrew burst in the door right now. <laughs> what guys are still on? The computer, an extension of the human intellect. The ENCOM 511, center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. Programmed by Master Control to survive by all means. Soon, the ultimate tool will become the ultimate enemy.
I still do not understand why you want to break into the system. Because, man, somewhere in one of these memories is the evidence. Hey, 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 it's the big master control program everybody's been talking about. Kevin Flynn, computer genius. Taken prisoner and held captive within the digital world of the computer itself. Trapped inside an electronic arena where love and escape do not compute.